Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're back in the archive checking out this episode. I wanted to give you a heads up that while the episode you're about to hear may be a little bit older, we still stand behind all of our advice and actionable takeaways. However, we may mention resources that are no longer available. The best way to get our up-to-date resources is going to feelgoodretail.com slash podcast and checking out what we have there. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome to Retail for the Rest of Us, a podcast for indie retailers. Hey everyone, welcome back to Retail for the Rest of Us. I am your host, Janine Malone, the founder and indie brand cheerleader behind Feel Good Retail. And today, I wanted to bring you a replay of a workshop I actually did yesterday, if you're listening to this podcast the day it drops, because I got a lot of messages and DMs saying people wish that they caught the workshop, and I thought, well, that's what this podcast is for. So you may notice that um, the audio quality is not ideal but I think it sounds fine. And if I reference anything like my obsession with GIFs, it's because this recording came from a visual presentation. So I hope you enjoy. The workshop was called Social Media Sanity, and we cover quite a bit in this hour-long episode or workshop from the insights that retailers can look to to track performance in an authentic way on Instagram, Um, to how to optimize your profile and become more discoverable, to my number one tip and the trick I teach every client to maximize their content and restore sanity to their social media life. Um, It was a really awesome workshop and we had some great interaction from the people who showed up live. So you'll hear me reading out and talking to the people in the chat as well. Um, I also reference in this episode many times the social media sanity workbook that came along with the workshop. And if you'd like to get that, it is free to download at the link in the show notes. Um, Or if you follow me on social media, it will be over there as well. Before I jump in and drop you into eavesdrop on our workshop, I did want to call out that I'm doing two more workshops this month, this April. Next week, Retail's Magic Numbers, where we'll talk about how to get even more information out of your sales data and help you understand where your focus would be the most valuable. I love teaching about numbers and goals. I think it's so illuminating, and I promise there won't be a ton of math. (laughs) If that's something that intimidates you, don't worry. We're really just going to be talking high level, but it's a super impactful workshop. And then the week after that, we're hosting four steps from customer to community. This is all about retaining your customers, turning casual fans into like your VIP referral genius community. Um, Another favorite topic of mine to talk about. So you may notice that all of these workshops are related to the feel good foundations that we talked about in episode one, content strategy, sales goals, and customer experience. These are the three areas I start with every single client. And this May, we are launching the Feel Good Foundations course, which you can find more information about if you're interested in working with me on feelgoodretail.com slash foundations. I am so excited to be able to offer this course. It is over $7,000 worth of value if you were to work with me one-on-one, and it is for sale for $349 or four payments of $88. So I wanted to make it super accessible, available to retailers of any size. And I'll give you a little hint. Um, Taking this course opens up a lot of doors to continue to work with me and to continue to be part of the feel good retail community that we are building. So we already have some awesome participants. It's a really valuable um, and juicy and evergreen course like this is not about flash in the pan sexy strategy this is about strategy that really works and that you can come back to over and over again to 
make sure that your business is thriving and that you're feeling good at the helm. And that's really our goal here at Feel Good Retail. Like I don't want to be teaching something that will be obsolete (laughs) in the next few months, years, who knows. And so it is interesting that I'm bringing you this workshop on social media because who knows where social media will go, but we're all using it. And I think that we could all recalibrate our relationship with some of these apps for sure. So I hope you'll stick around and listen to the replay of the workshop and definitely make sure to grab the social media sanity workbook. It's almost 25 pages long because I have absolutely no chill and want you to feel good using the internet. (laughs) Um, So you can find that again at the link in our show notes and you'll also get Um, access to the video replay if you are interested in my gift selection. (laughs) I know that's a pretty cool perk. Um, But yeah, if you enjoy this workshop and enjoy learning from me, I definitely recommend checking out the other workshops that are upcoming. We have one on April 21st, Retail's Magic Numbers, and one on April 28th, Four Steps from Customer to Community. They're going to be really fun. And hopefully you'll tell by this recording that they're pretty casual, they're pretty engaging, and our community really comes through with some real talk, with some suggestions, and brings energy, which I love so much. Okay, enough from me. You want to get to the goods. I hope that this workshop helps you, and I hope you stay sane out there. Talk to you on the other side. We're going to cover a lot today. I, if you've ever taken one of my workshops before, or you know me personally, you know that I have a bit of a hard time um, limiting what I put into a workshop because I just want to, once I get going, I really want to cram it all in there. But this is about sanity. So I really tried to keep it to the things that are going to just make your relationship with Instagram feel good and give you a little bit more control, let's say, over the strategy behind Instagram because it is part of your marketing ecosystem. And I think that there's, it's easy to forget that, right? We just think we wake up in the morning in a cold sweat and we think to ourselves, shit, I have to post on Instagram today. So we're going to go over a brief introduction of me, of my company, of all of the things that I offer and what this workshop series is all about. If you haven't seen our other two classes, I can share a little bit more info about that. We're going to talk about understanding your audience, which is a really important part of marketing, right? Because you want to know who the hell you're talking to. And we also are going to talk about social media's role specifically in retail and kind of the three functions of social media, working with what you've got. So how to maximize the uh, historical data that you have available to you and also how to make your profile more discoverable. We're talking about my number one tip for regaining social sanity. This is something I teach to all of my clients and we'll touch on it today and hopefully you can get started implementing it yourself. Um, Number um, how to make social media fun again. And then at the end, we'll talk about additional resources, other ways to work with me, and then we'll do Q&A. So I will say at the top, if anyone's ever taken a free workshop, you know it's coming. I do have a course launching. I am going to talk about it at the end of this workshop. And if you stick around with me, you'll get some cool perks for being here. Um, I won't waste a ton of time on that, but I just want to say it from the top because like, let's just be honest, right? So I'm Janine. I am an indie retail hype woman. I have worked with indie retailers for the last decade. Um, My company is called Feel Good Retail, and I have a podcast called Retail for the Rest of Us. Um, And throughout my decades long career, I've worked with highly funded startups, locally owned brick and mortars, um, consulted with dozens and dozens of independent retailers. So I really love to, (laughs) and am passionate about making sure Amazon doesn't take over the world and specifically that indie retailers can stay alive and thriving without the founders selling out, burning out, or just feeling generally shitty. Not here for that. So I would love it. 
as a little icebreaker, if you want to introduce yourself and your shop or your business in the chat, um, I find that this community is really amazing. And I've seen a lot of people start to follow each other and support each other. So if you want to pop in there, um, yeah, name, where you're at, shop, Instagram handle, whatever you want, but would love to um, meet everyone because I don't know everyone here, which is really exciting and cool. Um, anyone want to dip their toe in the pool? Hi. Oh, hi, Amy. I can't see anyone's faces right now, but it's fun to look in the chat. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Happy uh, belated birthday to Rachel. Hi, Emily. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Danny. <laughs> Yay. Okay, great. So yeah, keep popping those in there. Hi, Mia. Um, yeah, like I said, this is really like a community. So as much as you're here to hear me talk, I really think independent retailers are so strong when they band together. So if you see someone who's in your area or you know someone who shop would be great, or maybe you want to start collaborations, like follow each other, support each other, indie retail forever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, what this series, hi Jules, um, is about is really the feel good foundations. And so the feel good foundations are the three elements of every retail brand that over, again, my last decade or so of consulting with retail brands, no matter what, these are always the places that we start. I, if someone is brand new to business and they haven't even, you know, bought a URL, <laughs> we still start here. And if you've been in business for 10 years, um, and you're looking to really expand or grow, we always revisit these three categories. So this month I'm teaching free workshops on all of them and you are in content strategy. So we're talking about social media sanity. We're talking about content strategy. Um, I like to start here because no matter what retailers make a ton of content, right? Like you're maybe making product, you're curating collections, you're merchandising, maybe you have a blog, maybe you have an email list, you definitely have Instagram. And so you're churning out a lot of content. And so what I like to start with is kind of relieving some of the friction that is already involved in a process that you're already doing, right? Before we layer anything new on, let's get better at what we're already doing. Then we talk about sales goals because this is an area that I found and have been surprised actually that um, there is not a lot of clarity for retailers on how to set financial goals. You may have a bookkeeper or an accountant and you might look at your P&L you know, at the end of the month, the end of a quarter, but in terms of projections, it's incredibly difficult to find a way that works and doesn't feel like you're just pulling a number out of thin air. So I teach a lot about sales goals. We're teaching, we, I am teaching a workshop next week on retail's magic numbers. If anybody wants to sign up for that, um, there'll be a chance to do that. And then customer experience. So really understanding how to give your customers the best possible experience, retain them and turn them into your most valuable asset, which is a loyal community. Your community is not only the people who are purchasing from you, but they can be your best brand advocates. They can be your super fans. They can be connectors. Um, they really do a lot of heavy lifting if you manage them correctly and set them up for an amazing experience. So that's the third one. Um, so now that we're all comfortable with the chat, I want to know how you are feeling about social media. Um, one, to be honest, I don't really know what I'm doing. Two, I try to keep up on posting, but I don't have a strategy or goals in mind. Three, I know what results I'm looking for, but I'm not seeing those results. Or four, I'm honestly overwhelmed by all of the platforms and features, and I just want to quit. <laughs> Maybe it's a combination. To be honest, I am sort of in camp number four, two, four, if I were to guess where I'm at. Definitely two right now, three, two, three. Okay, cool. A lot of twos and threes. I think those are kind of related. It's funny that you guys are saying that because I was like, should I just make these three options? Because those seem similar. But I think that this is really important, right? We have 
these goals for our company and we understand like literally how social media works. Like we have an idea of what it does and what it can do. Um, annoyed at how hard we work at it. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely feel that like it takes up so much time. I actually did a very in informal, let's say a uh, poll on Instagram recently. And people were telling me that they spend like 75% of their time thinking about and working on social media. And that just is wild to me. It's not wild because it seems untrue, but wild because like we only have so many hours in a day, right? So I want to make sure that you understand the strategy behind utilizing social media so that you can spend less time doing it and also how to leverage social media to see results that are specifically for retailers. Again, that could be different if you were an influencer. Um, even if you have services that you're selling, the things we're going to go over are really going to benefit that rather than, you know, just boosting, boosting that follower count. Um, so <laughs> if you have a day to workshop with me, you may not know that I'm obsessed with gifts. It's my most millennial quality, um, aside from my deep side part. So this is the glow up. There's a lot of gifts in this, but this is the glow up that I want for you. If you're feeling like crying Kim Kardashian and like what the actual, <laughs> yes, thank you. Side parts. Um, if you're feeling like overwhelmed, shitty, burnt out, resentful, that's a word that comes up a lot about social media. I want by the end of this or by the end of some um, implementing some of these strategies for you to feel like gorgeous award show, like radiant Kim Kardashian. That's what I want for us. So before we get into anything, first, we're going to touch on who are you talking to? Because I think it's really important to reset in order to do this sanity exercise and this recalibration. It's really important to understand who you are talking to. So what is an audience, right? What are your audiences? There are two forms, subsects of an audience, right? There's your indirect audience, which as you can tell with this finger here is um, what we're talking about today. Your indirect audience are platforms and followers that you only have access to through a third party platform. And more often than not, there's an algorithm involved. So I, if I want to show something to Amy, let's say, I can't guarantee through Instagram that she's going to see it, right? Because there's an algorithm getting in between us. Your direct audience is people you have permission to contact directly. So you have their email address or a phone number, or maybe it's your customer list or vendors, past collaborators, people who... If you send them a message through email, through text message, um, in snail mail, it will get to them, you know, barring any like major outages. So sometimes these platforms are called owned media and um, like, I don't want to get on a TED talk, but sometimes people say like, it's like building a house on rented land. If you are building your business with a lot of emphasis on social media. I don't love that saying. I think it's a little uh, imperialistic, so I don't like to use it. But if you've heard that before, this is what they're talking about. Indirect audiences versus direct. So like I said, we are here. There is so much unknown between you sharing your content and that content being received by your followers that is kind of a mystery, right? Like we, we understand how the algorithm works. We understand what algorithms are, um, but there's not like a clear, if you do this, this will happen, right? You are um, kind of at the whim of the algorithm, which is why it is in everyone's burn book. You know, Instagram has its own algorithm, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, TikTok, any of those channels, they all have algorithms and they all have different rules. Um, so basically <laughs> your, 
you're, there's literally a barrier between your message and your social media audience. So I think that's really important to lead with, not just as a reminder and certainly not to make you feel like, well, what's the point anyways? But I think it can be really helpful because I hear a lot when I'm talking to one-on-one clients or in groups, retailers will say, well, I guess everybody hated that post or well, no one liked that one. And it's, I struggle with it because I understand the feeling and I definitely feel that way myself. I can't tell you how many times I've made something and I'm like, this is it. This is the one that's going to go viral. I am hilarious. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. You know, maybe I posted the wrong time. Maybe it's a weird, I don't know, whatever happens with the algorithm, it's nothing personal. And it also is a reminder to spend time building the, your direct audience, which we'll talk about, um, in some of the exercises that you can do after this workshop. So don't run into this glass wall, even though that's how it feels. Essentially social media and retail is kind of like, can't live with it. Can't live without it. You know, social media has so many amazing benefits for indie retailers because it's a in many cases, free platforms. There are so many users on there. It's made the world feel a lot smaller where you can be discoverable, but it can also feel overwhelming, discouraging, confusing, and it takes up a lot more time than it's worth. Um, Something that I think is really interesting and helpful to remember is that within the last five years, less than five years, Instagram alone has rolled out six new features. Like Instagram was at one point just a photo sharing app. There weren't even DMs, right? There were only glorious filters like Nashville. (laughs) But I think that's really important to remember because I think that it's easy to think, why am I so overwhelmed by this? I've been using Instagram for a long time, but we have DMs, we have stories, we have shopping, we have guides, we have reels, we have IGTV, IG live. Like it's a full media company that you are managing while Mark Zuckerberg sells ads against your effort to be quite frank. And that's, again, not to say we should go all delete our Facebook and Instagrams because I think they're useful tools, but it's really important to keep those things in perspective and not blame yourself or the creativity you're putting into social media for, um, you know, the days that it just doesn't hit and things don't go great. Um, cause then there are also days that feel pretty awesome and you meet new people and you find something cool or someone sends you a nice message and it's like, you know what, maybe this is all worth it. So the three main functions of social media in retail are discoverability, right? Social media has made it so much easier to be discovered by potential clients for free. That's what I was just saying. And it doesn't mean that that's easy, but it does present a lot of potential. It's also obviously promotional. Like, let's be real. We're marketing here. It's not anything besides that. So no matter what platform you're on, the goal really is to promote your products, your business, and your brand. And it's also incredibly connective, right? It's called social media for a reason. These platforms create opportunities for us to get to know, to be in conversation with, and to engage with your audience in real time, which I think is really cool and something that is easy to take for granted, right? Like the internet has made the world, like I said, feel like a very small place, but to be able to be tagged in photos by your customers or ask them questions or otherwise engage with them is something that we didn't have before, before social. And it's something that I think can be really utilized to bring some fun back to these channels. So I'd like to know if, which of those things do you feel like you rely on social media for the most? Are you looking for new customers? Are you looking to promote your products to existing customers or just people who follow you? Or are you really engaging with people on those platforms? Again, could potentially be a combination, um, but curious to hear like what 
what you're utilizing um, or what you have in mind when you go to post. Um, Cause intention is everything, right? Um, can pop that in the chat if anyone has thoughts. Promotion, yes. I mean, let's be real. Discoverability, also promotion. Connection's the fun part, right? Like so much fun. Discovery, then connection, growing community and engagement. Yep. We have great connection with our customers, but we really struggle getting discovered, Mia. Yeah, totally feel that. Danny, promotion. Awesome. Discovery and promotion. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that you're right, Meg. Like just connection is the part that falls off for a lot of us um, because I think, listen, I understand completely like the need to have like a no DMs policy. That being said, I think that you miss out on a lot of opportunity if you um, don't engage with the people who are engaging with you, right? Like this is a pet peeve of mine and maybe it's because um, I am in the industry, but it's like walking into a store and having someone like saying hello to the person who's there and not having them say anything back to you. Like that's the worst feeling in the world. I don't know if any of you ever feel like that. If you have brick and mortar shops, um, when you're like, Hey, how's it going? And nothing. (laughs) You're like, hello. (laughs) I too am a human being. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and like low lift ways to engage Juliet says, I'm new, so I'm still working mostly on discoverability. Yes, completely. So I think that they do all, it's all a cycle, right? And again, not to uh, promote my other workshops, but at the end of the month, I'm also teaching a workshop on customer experience that kind of goes through um, this cycle. But it's it's good to know kind of where everyone is at right now. And to, again, reframe, what's my intention with this post? Do I want to be discovered? Am I trying to promote a product or am I just looking to add value and build my community. So <laughs> this is how I feel sometimes talking about social media. So we're going to get down to business. We are going to talk about five kind of steps that you can take to make social media feel good. Um, I want to say from the top, I'm going to touch on everything in this workshop, but you're also going to get a worksheet, a workbook, I guess, after Um, class with the recording that's going to have more details on everything. So we can totally talk specifics. And if you have questions, definitely throw them in the chat or wait until the end to ask them. Um, But I just want to call that out in case anyone is a frantic note taker like me. Um, It's totally okay. You'll get everything and more after class. So first impressions. I want to start where we should start, which is curating your profile. So like, Instagram, I say this all the time, Instagram is an outpost, it is not your business. So it's important that followers new and old understand who you are, what you do, and what to do next if they want to learn more or shop, which would be great. And I think our bios are kind of overlooked. Like sometimes I find myself like, I haven't looked at what it even says in my Instagram bio or what the link is in so long. And that's not great, right? Um, so here is a screenshot of my, uh, bio on Instagram, feel good retail. And (laughs) here's a couple of things I want to call out. So Instagram has rolled out, um, their version of SEO, which is search engine optimization, meaning that next to your name, you can put a couple of keywords. Let's say you're a beauty shop or clean beauty, or you sell like sustainable footwear, or you want to put the city that you're in, or there's some kind of keyword that people could search to find you. Instagram has started rolling this out and it makes it a lot easier for people who are trying to find either a hashtag or um, someone, maybe even a competitor to find you. So I always recommend to people, if you have space in that name bar to update it with some keywords, um, they, you want to say who you are. So like for us, we feel good retail is where indie retailers learn, grow and connect. That's where we are. That's what we do. 
what you offer. So again, for us, classes, consulting and community. And for you, it could be something like, you know, home goods sourced sustainably from local makers, let's say. So you want to say like a little bit about essentially like your mission statement and then specifically what you sell, like your best departments, your best categories, and then offering a call to action. So what do you want them to do next? You can promote a discount, you can promote an event, you can promote a collection, but just give people an idea of what they are getting if they click the link below. There's also a ton of opportunity with curating your highlights. I have started this process, as you can see, as I only have one at the moment. Um, but it's really important to, again, what are some evergreen pieces of information that you want people to be able to access right at the front. So maybe that's an intro, a shop tour, um, best sellers, a little just quick, you know, one minute video from you um, really talking about why you started the business. There's endless opportunities and you'll get a list of those in the workbook. But I just think it's really important to remember that just like your feed is important, your bio tells people a lot of information in a short period of time and is actually being built to be more discoverable. You may see that sometimes people even include hashtags if there's relevant hashtags either for their shop um, or their industry um, in their bio as well because that will also help your profile show up. So this takes like 10 minutes to update. And so our first sanity exercise is updating those things. So your brand introduction, like I said, the version of SEO that Instagram is rolling out, adding a call to action to your bio and curating your highlights. So I'll say it again, because I freak out. You will get all of this in a workbook. But these are three really quick things. Curating your highlights might take a little bit longer, but it will give you content to create in the next week or two. Um, I like to say having three or four really solid highlights um, is really beneficial. So that's number one. Number two, the numbers that matter. And guess what? They are not the ones you might expect. A lot of us are used to focusing on two numbers, follower count and likes per post. But these are really vanity metrics and they tell us very little about your success on the platform as a business owner. Because again, you are a business, not an influencer. Likes are cool, but we are totally on these platforms to enjoy engagement, to interact, to build relationships. That is what retail is all about, um, is relationships. And the opportunity that social media presents to do that and to start sowing those seeds is really, really important. So rather than focusing on followers, you know, how many did you gain? How many did you lose? How many likes did this post get? How many did you want it to get? I only got 75, but I have 3000 followers. What the hell? You know, all of those things that I know um, haunt us all. This is my gentle reminder. So the three insights that we're going to look at as a retailer are <laughs> laughing at my own gift selection, um, impressions. So how many times was this content shown to people? Because this is really important to keep an eye on over time. If you've been tracking your impressions for even three months or six months, you will start to notice when there are dips in Instagram showing your content to people. Because again, a lot of us are used to saying, I have this many followers. Like for me, I have 1300 followers and my posts get an average of like 60 to 70 likes usually. And sometimes they get more, sometimes they get less. And it's important to understand not just like how many of my followers liked the post, but how many people actually saw it. Because I did this recently for myself and realized that there was only one post in the last six months, six months or nine months 
that Instagram had shown to as many people as follow me. So that's really important to get a realistic understanding of how many people are seeing your content is by looking at impressions. Second, in insights, this is on Instagram, you can filter by interactions, which is reflective of everything, right? It's reflective of how many likes, comments, shares, saves. And again, all of those things are under the umbrella of engagement. And so when you look at interactions versus impressions, you can start to understand which posts have had the best engagement and kind of learn from those. Like, is there a theme? Is it always photos of the shop? Is it, you know, inspirational quotes that you're posting? Is it memes? Is it whatever? Like you can really get a sense of when people talk about engagement rate, it's impressions and interactions. So those are really key. And lastly, because Instagram is not your business. I know you guys are all totally saying it along with me. You're just all muted. Um, Instagram is not your business. So we want people to tap that website link. So that is also an insight you can grab is how much traffic did it drive to your website? You can look at this in Google Analytics. I find that the reporting for social media is like a little tricky unless you're making custom links for the platforms. So I really actually do like to watch um, or look at how many website taps came through the Instagram insights. And again, that will show by post. So you can start to understand like when I announced the sale or when I featured one specific new arrival, or when we talked about this event, like many people took the time to go to our link and bio and click. And I think that that's really, really paramount. So our sanity exercise here is to review your insights. So if you don't have, you haven't spent a lot of time in the Instagram insights tab, I would start to do that. Just play around. There's a lot of reporting that can happen. Um, And I'll send in the workbook instructions for how to get to that tab and start to sort and things like that. Um, But yeah, you can just explore in there and like get familiar and start to understand, okay, maybe I should be checking in with this weekly or monthly. I actually kind of recommend monthly because weekly things change, right? Like if you've been posting a lot, maybe check in, but I think once a month is totally fine. Um, Then you want to review over time. So taking those three insights that we just talked about and review what posts performed the best over the last year, over the last six months, and the last three months. Um, Because that will start to show you like, have my impressions gone down? How is my engagement looking? Can you notice any trends of like what content performs the best for each category? And then start to duplicate that. Like if there, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If there's a clear trend of like what is getting the most eyeballs or what is getting the most engagement or what is driving the most traffic to your site. Like how can you utilize that as more of a template for something that you create regularly? So that's the last piece is really noting those findings and starting to build that strategy. Okay. Any questions so far? You can let me know in the chat. Um, I do have a tendency to like, once I get going, just not stop. Um, Doesn't look like it, but feel free to pop them in if you have them. Number three, this is number one. (laughs) Number three is number one, okay? Maximizing your content. I know you are spending a ton of time. You told me in this chat in the last 20 minutes or so, that you're spending a ton of time making content, taking photos, creating products, writing emails, updating your website, making some funny and amazing reels. Maybe you're writing blog posts or some of you are just writing really long Instagram captions. I am definitely guilty of that. Um, So what I say is let's get more eyeballs on and impact out of the work that you have already done. Like, why are we always starting from square one? I think, you know, I won't go all 
psychologist on all of us, but I think that we, I'll speak from the eye. I have a tendency to downplay or um, not value as highly things that I've already created. Like the newer, shinier thing always feels better, but your audience hasn't likely seen it yet, right? Like there's um, this rule of seven in marketing that is kind of an old school concept, but I reference it all the time because I think it's really, really valuable that you have to show a message to your audience seven times before they buy. And that may not be entirely true. Um, It might not always be seven, but thinking about all the algorithms and all the distractions and all the other brands trying to get your ideal client's attention, odds are if you only post about that awesome blog post or that super cool event one time, a ton of people are going to miss it. I'll tell you, that is what happened with this workshop. Like I thought I would just mention it a couple times. I wasn't getting the, you know, the signups that I was hoping for. And I spent a lot of time trying to share what we would get out of it, who it was for, share it on stories, share it in Facebook groups, share it on Twitter. Like there's a lot, the effort is still there, right? We're still utilizing the features and the platforms, but instead of starting from scratch every time, let's actually stretch what we've made. So in my business, in uh, feel good retails language dictionary, we call this the platform prism. And this is the method that I teach clients to get so much value out of their content without running your creative well dry. So essentially you're focusing on one message at a time for a few days, a week, a month, whatever the message is up to you. And you're going to explore ways to share that single message across your platforms. So rather than thinking, well, I have to send an email and I need to update the website and I want to write a blog post and I need to post on Instagram. And I'm going to try to think of five different things. Not only is that way, way more work for you, but it is also so confusing to your audience because you're pulling them in too many directions. We were saying in the chat earlier, you have people's attention for like one or two seconds. And so if they see a message on Instagram and then a contradictory message on Twitter or TikTok or on their email, the email that you sent them, they are going to be confused. And that's not what we want. (laughs) We want a lot of clarity. And so rather than reinventing the wheel and like keeping that, um, kind of, yeah, just like running yourself ragged. I want you to start thinking about what is the main thing I want to have happen? Am I talking about new arrivals? Do I want to feature this designer? Is this a month where, you know, for example, it's earth month, maybe we would really want to talk about sustainability and how we handle that and the brands that we carry that are, you know, ethically responsible. And we have, you know, a recycled product that we're really excited about. You can do You can take that topic and stretch it and refract it and prism it all over the internet. And that is a much more uh, thoughtful and intentional and grounded way to create content because a lot of other social media advice out there is like, pay attention to what's trending and then do that. I think that's horrible advice, frankly. Uh, I think that there's some value to experimentation, which we'll definitely talk about. But I think that all of your channels, whatever channels you want to use, keeping those really grounded in one message in one idea and exploring that idea in a variety of ways is so much deeper. It puts you at this like really interesting expert level. It stretches your creative muscles in a really cool way. And it gives you even more information about your audience and what they respond best to. So to get started with the platform prism, because it is a bit of a, it's more in depth than we can kind of cover today. The exercises I want you to do to get started are choosing your channels. So where is your audience hanging out? 
what platforms do you actually enjoy being on and what features on that platform do you like best? For example, I am really liking Reels. We'll talk a little bit more about Reels later, um, but I'm really liking Reels. And I know that my audience is on Instagram. Um, I know that I don't really like to do IG lives and I don't really like to create long videos on a platform like that. So I'm just sticking to the things I like and I'm making my plan around that rather than feeling guilt or pressure to follow rules. <laughs> um, second, you can build out pillars. So using the historical insights that you looked at in step two um, and kind of like regular messages that you find yourself sending, you can select four to seven content pillars that you can utilize week in and week out. So that could be new arrivals, vendor story, meme, like an inspirational quote or something funny. Um, you know, there's a kind of a few different options where, again, if you take your core message, you will be able to create a piece of content in each of those pillars that aligns with the type of content you typically create. You don't have to start from scratch every single time. I actually find too, that most retailers, um, and, you know, creative small business owners are so good at doing this. Like it makes them so much more creative and have so much more fun with what they're doing when they get to kind of check the box <laughs> rather than again, like just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Um, and lastly, utilizing the, the platform prism. So I'll send over an exercise for selecting a key message for the week or even just a single product and exploring sticking to that single message for a whole seven days. And it won't be boring. It won't be boring for you. It won't be boring for your audience. And there's a lot of results you can track from testing that out. So next, stop posting and ghosting y'all. It is called social media. We have a hard time. I think there was a big trend like I was saying before, um, of closing our DMs, of not responding to comments, of like just doing that little heart next to comments, of asking questions in our stories and then like not following up with the people who took the time to give us answers. Um, that is not, that doesn't feel good, right? So these platforms were literally made to be for interacting. So build in time as part of your social strategy to do that. Engaging in conversations is kind of the fun of it. Like, uh, especially over the last year when all we've really had is the internet to stay connected. I think it feels really good to like have this place where people are hanging out and you're also building a trust factor with your audience, right? If they see you responding to comments, if you know, you know, your followers or your customers by name, or you can kind of like share something of theirs, I think that that's really cool. <laughs> and I think that people respond to that and want to engage with you. Nobody wants to engage with someone who is just going to like dip on them. That feels terrible. And I'm sure if somebody created an algorithm telling people who on dating apps was going to ghost them, they would avoid them like the plague. But that is not what Silicon Valley is investing in right now. So retail is a relationship business. And every relationship starts somewhere, right? So even though your social media following isn't necessarily your most direct audience or your community, it is somewhere to begin to give people a taste of what that customer service that you offer feels like. You know, like, are you responsive? Are you jumping into conversations that are relevant to you or your shop on different pages? Are you supporting your vendors? How can you kind of become involved both on your page and on others in a way that is really adding value and being more human to be, to put it frankly. So there's a couple of things I really like to do um, in terms of 
creating opportunities for more engagement. One, sharing customer pictures. So I get this question a lot. How do I get my customers to tag us in photos <laughs> and like send us photos of their them wearing our stuff or of our store or whatever? And the best way to get photos is to share the ones that you have. <laughs> People want to be in a relationship with the places that they shop, particularly if they're people who care about um, supporting small businesses. And so the more that you're able to go through your tagged pictures or repost stories when people tag you or reach out to some of your VIPs and ask like, hey, like we would love to feature you. Um, do you have like some photos of you wearing our piece or any feedback? Um, people love that. Like they want to be involved, especially people who are on track to become super fans of your brand. They really, really want to be a part of it. They want to feel ownership. And this is an awesome way to do that. And it's an awesome way to create content without like heavy lifting. And another question that comes up a lot is like, well, what if the photos aren't that good? And my answer is that you can edit them a little bit. And you can also definitely use them anyways, because people like to see people and small businesses do a really good job, I think, of appearing bigger than they are. And sometimes it's nice to just remind people that like you care about your customers more than you care about your aesthetic, to be honest. Maybe that's a hot take, but it's my opinion. Um, reply to every comment. <laughs> Do not ghost the people who interact with you. The little heart like next to a comment isn't really enough. Um, I know it can feel tedious, but replying and even going deeper, if you have a chance, like asking a follow-up question or, you know, like tagging someone else and bringing them into a conversation has a really big impact. I think that the more eyeballs that you want to get on your page, the more interacting that you have to do in your posts. And lastly, interact in stories. I think there's so many cool opportunities to engage with your audience using social media. And like, that's something I think is a really awesome feature that's been rolled out and something I use a lot if you follow me. Um, so yeah, you can experiment with like doing one poll or quiz or scale or uh, asking one question a week and really like interacting with the people who respond and take the time to answer your questions. I think that that's, again, just something that like keeps the conversation going. And lastly, I think this is lastly, I think so, <laughs> is social media is a really safe place to experiment. Like, like we've said a couple times, social media is a place that is fun and is discoverable and is always changing. So don't get too tied to like what used to work and what doesn't work now. Like this is a place where you, I don't want to say you have nothing to lose because that's not totally true, but you definitely can have a little bit more fun than I think most of us are having. It's gotten really serious, right? Like we open the app and we're any of the apps and we're clenching our teeth. We're stressing about it. We're waking up in the morning thinking like, Oh my God, what am I going to post today? And what if we just decided to take it a little bit less seriously and to show up authentically and to have a little bit more fun and show a little bit more personality, right? Like let your website and your, um, you know, your interactions with customers be reflective of that as well, right? If you're always bumping loud music in your shop, or like you have this really irreverent tone when you talk to clients, like bring that over to social media. It should feel like an extension of your brand, not a totally separate beast. And so I actually am curious, I will share this as well, but what do you enjoy making and sharing like is there it doesn't even have to be on social it could be your email list it could be on like your blog or a website or anything like that is there something that you like actually have fun making for social because I think I'll save my super woo woo uh energy talk maybe for another time but I do think that um it can be really challenging to create out of obligation. And so 
Danny love, Oh, love writing our weekly emails. Amazing. PB love making IGTV. See, I love that. Like I don't love making IGTVs, but I do like watching them when I can tell someone's having fun. I am loving making reels. Like it feels so fun to me. I crack myself up. Um, definitely like can feel frustrating to like get the text to be where I want, but I love searching for sounds and like watching other people's. I've been making monthly Spotify playlists and sharing with IG and that's been super fun. Oh my God. I love that. Rachel, I love you. I like making the plan for social. Yes. You know what? Some of us just like to be planners. Okay. Juliet, I recently started writing my Instagram captions, my own voice as if I were talking to a friend. What an awesome tip. Yes. I love to read captions out loud and I always find these like weird things that I write that I would never say. Uh, as you can tell, I'm very casual and I have kind of a hard time writing in that voice. So I love that you're um, having a lot more fun doing that. Starting to enjoy TikTok. Oh, oh my God. Share your TikTok with me. I'm obsessed with TikTok. I don't really make TikToks, but it is the only thing I love in this world at this moment. Um, love making posts that make people smile and laugh. Yes. I love that Juliana. Like I love a meme. Give me a meme any day of the week. Like I want to make people feel seen, right? Like what I think is interesting about all of these is it isn't about being transactional, right? Like I don't think even though being in retail or being in business is about making sales, people will interact with you and will want to get to know more about you if you can make them feel good and make them feel seen in some way or give them some cool added value. Bye, Rachel. Love you. <laughs> um, I think that's super, super cool. So I, yeah, I think that if we can do a little bit more of that, a little bit more of what we love doing, it will show, right? Like energetically it comes through. I mean, I think we've all seen a poster too in our day where we're like, that didn't seem fun to make. You seem like you're having a bad time. And like, you just don't, it just, it doesn't feel that great. So <laughs> sanity exercise. Okay. I am going to ask everyone to try making a reel if you haven't. I think they're really fun. They do feel a little goofy, but I think it's a really helpful exercise in being playful with your business. Um, and not only are, is it kind of fun, but they're also being prioritized, um, but they're being prioritized by the algorithm. So it is a really cool tool for discoverability. And I think if you can make people laugh or make people feel good or share some part of your business um, virtually, it can feel really powerful. And they're always, always shocked by how much traffic Reels brings us, right? Like it's kind of amazing. And like, Again, I can totally understand the intimidation. I mean, I was so mortified for myself when I was starting to make them, but it is really fun. And like, it just feels like a great way to show your personality and have like a mini commercial for yourself, which is like kind of cool. Um, second, open the DMs. So like I've said before, <laughs> I really think it goes down in the DMs. I know it can get overwhelming in there, but again, finding um, 10 minutes a day to interact if you can, and just experiment with that. See how that feels, see what comes of those conversations. And lastly, test it out. <laughs> that idea that you're like, I don't know, is this dumb? Is this weird? Am I annoying? Uh, I say, go for it. You never know until you try. And like the life cycle of a post on Instagram is so, or on Twitter or on TikTok or on Pinterest is so short and small. Like it's a great place to have a little fun and, and explore, right? Like, I don't think that anyone will, you know, have serious impact uh, in a negative way from their business from like one silly post, you know, you can always archive it, delete it if you're like really mortified. But I think getting that playful energy out is really, really, really powerful and important and so magnetic. And that's where I'll leave you, friends. I hope you enjoyed our social media sanity workshop. Um, as I mentioned, this is part of a three workshop series that we're hosting in April, all about the Feel Good Foundations. We have 
retail magic numbers happening next week, April 21st, if you're listening to this when it comes out. And then the week following on April 28th, we're talking about the four steps from customer to community. So if you liked the vibe of this workshop and you got something out of it, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, remember to download the social media sanity workbook. It's going to take everything we just talked about and help you put it into action, which is what we're all about here. Listening to me talk is cool, but taking action and seeing results is a lot cooler. Um, so that's all I have for you today. Check out the show notes, grab the workbook, sign up for the other courses and check out Feel Good Foundations, the course launching in May, if you're interested in working with me more directly. Either way, there's a lot going on and I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, cheers to feeling good. Bye.